Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The Old Testament lesson for today is from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 19. This can be found on page 268 of your pew Bible. Samuel was dedicated to the Lord by his mother Hannah and raised in the temple under the watchful eye of Eli the priest. In this passage, God speaks to the child and directs him to deliver a message of judgment to Eli. Now the boy, Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of the God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So I went and laid down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the, Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall speak. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end, and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever, for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems is good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. May God add his blessing to his word. When I hear this scripture that Jonathan just read, I can't help but think of our confirmants. We see a young Samuel eagerly calling out, here I am. And that's exactly what I've had the privilege of witnessing these past few months. Each week I was amazed by their honesty and vulnerability that they brought to each discussion. We explored questions of faith 
and talked openly about our doubts. And every time these young men showed up or engaged in conversations, they were essentially saying, here I am. They said, here I am when it wasn't always convenient. And they said, here I am even through hard conversations. But Samuel here doesn't just say, here I am. He continues and says, for you called me. Not only did these confirmands show up, but they are each called by God. In our scripture this morning, God calls out to Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And when I reflect on this journey that we've been through and I look at these boys, I hear God call each one of them by name. I hear him say, Justin, Jonathan, Riley, David, Will, Felipe. Confirmants, it is not coincidental that you are here. You're not here today because you thought it was a good year to take confirmation, and you're not here because your parents forced you to be here. You are here because you have been called by God. God has placed a very specific calling on each of your lives. And this is just the start of how he will use you in awesome and incredible ways. And of course, there is going to be highs and lows in this lifelong journey with God. There will be times when you are so sure of the calling God has for you and there will be times when it feels like God is asking you to do something impossible. For example, for me, it was this past February when God somehow called me to teach six eighth grade boys about faith. <laughs> A true testament to God's faithfulness. Regardless of if we're feeling confident in our calling or Doubting it, we can still give and listen to testimonies. Our testimony is our story of our journey with God. It maps out God's faithfulness throughout our lives. And just like the stories of Samuel and Moses and Abraham, our stories can inspire others and draw people closer to God and even remind them of their callings. In a moment, we will hear from our three testimony givers, Justin Hires, Riley Hart, and David Begonia. And as we listen to these testimonies, let us be reminded that God can speak to us through people's stories. That includes young people. Maybe in the busyness of this season, you haven't been present with God. This morning might be a reminder to say to God for the first time, or maybe again, here I am. Or maybe you've been doubting your purpose. These testimonies might be a reminder of a calling God has placed on your life. Congregants, it is not a coincidence that you are here too. Now please, Help me in welcoming Justin Hires, who will be followed 
by Riley Hart and David Begonia. Alone. That's how I felt. Alone from the unexpected change that had happened. My name is Justin Hires, and I go to Greenwich Country Day School. My whole life, I have lived in the same place. I have only ever gone to one school. Nothing in my life was new or different. Year after year, no real change. I go to GCDS, and I've gone there since nursery. My class was relatively the same size every year. Maybe one person would join or leave each year, but I never knew them. I played travel soccer with the same people each year. My naive self thought that life would stay like this forever. And even now, I wish it would, but life changes. I first noticed this in fourth grade. I had this group of friends in third, fourth grade, and we would do everything together. Whenever we could be together, we would. We would play Nerf or video games together without a single care in the world. My best friend was the so-called leader of the group, and he was the best. He was the funniest, and we were inseparable. Until I found out he was leaving and going to a new school. This crushed my fourth grade self. After he changed schools, we never really talked after that. After that year, I got a new best friend. Like best friends do, we did everything together. I would go to his house a lot and I would race him on foot while he was on bike. I would lose. <laughs> then when COVID hit, he too went to a different school. These two people leaving me made me open my eyes and I saw that I had this hole in my life, like something wasn't complete, like someone was missing. This year, I started being more involved with Jesus. I started going to focus groups each day, each week after school. I started going to church every single week. Then when I joined Confirmation, we went on winter weekend. Winter weekends are a retreat for students where we learn more about God and his word. This trip opened my eyes to God. I didn't have a life-changing vision, but something did happen that weekend. One of the sermons they did was how God is with you. In the sermon, there's a part where one of the youth group leaders was telling everybody to picture themselves with God. I pictured God and I sitting together at the theater at my lower school. This was back when I had my first best friend and everything in my life was going great. This experience really stuck with me and I thought about it even after I was home from the retreat. Then when I finally started to become more active with God, I realized that I only pictured God in my happiest of times, but God is always with me. This inspired my life verse to be about that very thing. My life verse is Isaiah 41.10, which says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This verse helped me understand that friends, family, and things may change, but God is always there. He is there for you when you're at your best, and he is there for you when you're at your worst. God is there to give you his strength. This helped me understand that I am not my own, but I belong, body and soul, and life and death, 
to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And now I am never alone. It can be really scary to think about things changing in life. And I know that life will be full of change, like moving to a new school or trying out for a team that I've never done before. Some people think it's weird to view everything, like friends, family, and school, as things that can change. But I think it's a relief knowing that I have one constant in my life, and that is God. Thank you. My body submerged in water. My dad's arms held me there for what seemed like longer, but was probably a second, maybe less. I didn't feel his arms. I was in harmony. I wanted to stay there, but before long, bubbles moved across my face and sunlight filled my vision as my eyes opened. But part of me stayed there in that pool. The part of me that wanted to stay there stayed, and it drowned. It was the day of my baptism, and it changed my life. Hi. My name is Riley Hart, and it seems like so many people here know me. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Almost all you know my dad, Pastor Nathan. So you might be thinking, what's the pastor's son doing sharing his testimony? What kind of spiritual journey has he gone on? <laughs> well, <laughs> I've always thought of the universe as a big puzzle. If I acquired a basic understanding of every part of the world, I'll have some understanding of how the world works. I tried to find the why of everything I encountered. And let me tell you, overthinking is underrated. <laughs> I read a lot of books, and I have a basic understanding of how a lot of different things work. I started programming my brain to use what I know to get the biggest picture possible of the world around me. One of these books I read was a book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. It gave me an understanding of the fundamentals of human nature and the reason for Christianity. But the thing I got out of it most was that the equation of the world that I was trying to solve was missing one variable, God. The whole time I was trying to understand the play without knowing the playwright, so to speak. Once I understood that the world is in the hands of God, I started to understand more things. This new understanding of the mechanics of the world did not only help me on a universal level, but on a personal one as well. Growing up in this church, I knew that the truth lies in Jesus, but personally, I didn't know what that meant. Now I know that I'm not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And I can truly grasp the idea that I'm here for a purpose. That purpose is to glorify God. It was all starting to make sense. The voice of God was in my soul, and I didn't care anymore what I did with my life, just that it would glorify him. My intentions were becoming in line with his, and I was ready to do what I was destined to do, whatever that is. But there is still one problem. I had in me who I was before. Jesus tells us that we need to die to our old self and be born again. This process is called baptism. And although, at the time, I didn't realize the true significance in it, I wanted to have a single moment to remind me who I am through Jesus. When my body was submerged in the, in the waters of baptism, my soul was changed. I know that it's not about understanding or believing God, it's about believing in him. In my life verse, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. What do I need to be set free from? I need to be set free from my old self, which acts like a weight holding me down and keeping me from God. What Jesus did on the cross was die along with the sins of the world. The sin, the sin stayed dead, but Jesus didn't. The same way in that in baptism, we die to the sins of ourselves. What Jesus did on the cross gave us the chance to die from our old selves and live for him. Earlier, I talked about hearing from God. You might not really know what I meant by that. Well, I originally didn't want to put this in my testimony because it's different for everyone, but I'll tell you how it is for me. Ever since I was young, I've had visions from God about things going on in the spiritual realm. They would happen at pretty random moments. I'd be taking the dog out at night and I'd be standing in my backyard. I'd look up to see the massive silhouette of an angel battling darker forces. I would squint my eyes and it would fade like a dream. I'll try to listen to him, but most of the time, I don't really think I need him, like there's no time for prayer. These visions usually come when I decide I want to truly listen to God. One night, I was sitting on my bed, about to turn off my light and sleep. Suddenly, I wasn't in my bed anymore. My mind, at least, was in front of a dark wall. I was in the light, but I reached my hand forward to touch the wall of darkness. It covered the tips of my fingers and it spread on my arm. I was pulled in. It seemed like I was falling into darkness. I landed and looked at my body. Darkness. There was no escape, no light, no hope. Then the light of a candle entered my chest and illuminated the area. I was still in darkness, but at least now I was free from the captivity of losing my sight. I awoke from this daydream, it fleeted from my mind like an unimportant thought. I grabbed my journal and wrote it down. As I sat there writing those words, I started to understand what the vision meant. The darkness was sin. Once I was infected, there was no turning back. It trapped me and I couldn't see. The light was Jesus. Once I let him enter my heart, he illuminated the area. Although I was not out of the darkness, I was not lost anymore. And I had a chance of seeing my way out. I knew the truth and it set me free. When I look around at kids in my school, some of my friends and the rest of the world, I see that they are living in darkness. They think the darkness is a way of life, the same way a deaf person does not initially know that it's possible to hear. I want other people to have the light of Jesus in their hearts. They don't know what joy and freedom the light can bring them. This is my calling, to tell those who are still living in darkness that there is a light. His name is Jesus Christ. And I want him to do to you what he did to me, because we are all living in captivity to the darkness. But when you abide in his word, you are truly his disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. Thank you. We've been tempted since the beginning of our creation. Hi, my name is David Begonia. I attend Central Middle School and I'm a rising freshman going to Greenwich High School. I first heard about God when my mom took me to a church as a little kid in elementary school. We attended church every Sunday. For a long time, we hopped around from one church to another, attending Roman Catholic churches, Protestant, Congregational, and non-denominational. Regardless of the type of service, I began to learn about the life of Jesus. 
who Jesus was and what he did, how he helped and changed the lives of so many people. Even the miracles, like how he walked on water or resurrected the dead, I thought were just really awesome. Eventually, through school, he became more than just awesome or cool to me. I began to hear what others had to say, and their beliefs began to change my perspective. Some friends are of the firm belief that Jesus didn't exist, or if he did, he didn't save anyone. As I began to defend Christ and defend my faith, he became more to me, and there was more of a meaning to me about who he was, and it made me seek him more, so that I was prepared to have these conversations with my friends. But this also made me question my own faith. I became tempted to believe that all I thought I knew in my heart was wrong, that there was a truth to what they were saying. I was tempted to downplay my beliefs and take a back seat to the conversation. I keep the faith, however, and I can find the strength to keep believing in Jesus and not be peer pressured to silence my thoughts or be discouraged to ask questions about the things that I don't understand. Even so, it never occurred to me to denounce my faith, even though it feels like half the people around me have opposing viewpoints. Jesus gives me the strength to not back down, but instead to go after him even more. I guess that's what you do when you put your faith in him. But even with my faith, I believe I will always have questions and wonders about God. I will always wonder what is real, what is the truth. I will still wonder if God is real. I still wonder if he is listening, if he cares. How could I not? And he doesn't always answer my questions, at least not when or how I want him to. I believe in time he will have answers for me, but I guess he works on a different timeline. I also have faith in him to give me strength throughout my life. Whether that be times when I'm scared, need help, or if it's something as simple as being nervous for a big test or project. Or more commonly, when I'm tempted by all the things around me, I know I have to hold out against. Times when I'm tempted to stray away from him, whether that be under the influence of others or the conflict in myself. When this happens, I remind myself of Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I turned to this verse on the first day of confirmation class and placed a hold on the page, not knowing why it was so important until several weeks later. This helped me to understand the strength of God when I realized he could help me with all the temptations running through my head. The closer I get to him, the easier it is to ask for help. Sometimes just asking for help is enough to keep me going. He doesn't even really have to do anything. I just have faith and hope in knowing that I am his and he will do what's best for me. I'm figuring it out with him instead of trying to do it alone. Even with knowing him and being able to call on him with these temptations, I'm still very much a sinner. I acknowledge this and I will never think that I'm not full of sin. I guess it's a good thing that I can repent that I can ask Jesus to forgive me for my sin. He can save me from this. I can be comforted in life and death through him. Acknowledging something that I did wrong helps me to do better and be better. Knowing this truth changed me. The creator of the universe is rooting for me. How can I not be changed by this? I find comfort in Jesus. I'm happier being guided by him. How good it is to know that no matter how many times I mess up, I am forgiven and loved free of judgment.
I think it's all a lesson that he's shaping us to perfection. And that doesn't stop with confirmation or daily repentance. It doesn't happen with someone who is never tempted or never sins or never questions. It happens to people like me who show up and ask questions and don't back down when our faith is challenged. It happens over the course of an entire life where we boldly become one with God and stand with Christ. I kind of don't mind the trials and temptations now. I look forward to seeking him beyond today. Who knows, maybe even I can make a believer out of a non-believer. Maybe where two or more are gathered doesn't just have to be inside the church on a Sunday. It can be in school or at the movies. This is how I got to know Jesus, how I put my strength in him, how he freed me and saves me from my temptations and how he helps me to acknowledge my sin and how he has guided me and continues to. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.